this is your host, Taylor Schroll. Welcome into the show today. I have been in this studio for, let's see, six and a half hours now to bring this show to you, some other cool things going on behind the scenes. And last week, here's the deal. Producer Sam, we told you last week that she wasn't going to be here today. That's because we usually record the show from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Sam had a meeting that she had to be to be at because she's going to the Holy Land. That meeting was at 7. Mm-hmm. Sam, uh, you just got here. Yes. Uh, to record the first segment of the show. What time is it? <laughs> it is 9.04 <laughs> It is 9.04 p.m. <laughs> because I have been in here. Uh, I did one interview. I did some other stuff. I met with one of our our friendly priest friends. Uh, there was an open house here today uh, for the radio oh. station. So I was hanging out with people, that sort of thing. And I've told you before, I'm lost without you. I can't do the show anymore. If you're not around. I was about to say, that was the text that I got was, Sam, I'm lost without you. Can you come after the meeting? We just need to go ahead and have me record uh, the song that I sing for you at this point of every show that I missed you. Oh. Sam, I need you. Oh, I need you. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's a preview for what we're going to be doing later on this segment. We're going to be having I'm some so fun. happy I got to beatbox on the radio. <laughs> oh, you're so... Oh, you also snorted on the radio. That was Aww. cute. Okay. That's Sam, I, I, I had a few realizations this week okay. here recently. Are you ready to hear them? Yes. This, is pr- this might be the most uh, random list of numbered things that I have ever done on the show. Okay. Number one. Number one. Is this like a 45? No, it's not. Okay, good. Because there's only four. Oh, good. Um, and I just created the fourth one. There were three. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Here's the deal. Completely random, out of the blue. Okay. If you just go to Sunday Mass, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're a practicing Catholic, but you're, like, you're not praying Monday through Saturday, you're just going to Mass. One hour a week. Okay. And I'm going to have you guess. What percentage of that week do you think that is? Um, I mean, there's a lot of hours in the day, so uh, like uh, 1%, maybe somewhere around there. Very close, very close. Half a percent. Oh. Half of 1%. That's really small. I know, right? It's just like, okay, half of 1% is what a lot of Catholics are given Half percent to, to the Lord, right? And then I'm like, okay, okay. So we as practicing, like the ones that are like acting, praying every day, right? Right. We, I was like, okay, what about what about those people? And by the way, I can't say us because that's not me. Um, but, <laughs> okay. Um, here's the deal, Sam. I think you're you're fairly holy, uh, definitely holier than me. So holy. I I know that uh, your goal, and I think you do it fairly well, mm-hmm. is praying for thirty minutes a day. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just I laugh because I just increased in prayer. But okay, yes, yeah. thirty minutes a day I, I is laugh normal because it's hard for me to get to thirty. She's like, I do an hour now. <laughs> okay, okay, it hasn't been that long, but yes. so let's just average out you and me and okay. say that somebody's praying for thirty minutes a day. Perfect. Monday through Saturday. Okay. And then they're going to mass on Sunday. Okay. Okay. What percentage do you think that is of their week? Uh huh. Uh, like two or 3%? 2.38%. <laughs> so I am on point. Here's the deal. This was pretty convicting for me 
because I am I'm not I should be at that at least praying thirty minutes a day, and I've I've gotten a lot better at that than I was <laughs> uh, let's say uh, a few months ago. Um, I'm somewhere in between the just going to mass one hour a week on Sunday and the thirty minutes a day every day of the week. Okay. So okay. So I maybe that's two point three percent. I'm maybe at two percent. All right. Here's the deal. This was super convicting to me because I'm over here like struggling in my prayer life, right? Mm. Oh, I don't have the time. Oh, I uh, there's other so many other things that I have to do. <laughs> and I just did some simple math. And through simple math, God said, suck it up, chump. <laughs> like You could give Sounds me like 2.38% of your week. Mm. This is ridiculous, right? Because I think about all the stuff that I do in the day. Like we sleep, we eat. Like right. eating is a bigger part of my life than God at, at, in some weeks. Like, think about that. If, if we're saying 30 minutes a day for prayer. Right. You don't eat for 30 minutes a day? I eat for 30 minutes a day. I mean, look at me. Uh, so, <laughs> Are you in good company? At, like, at, you at might, it might be an hour. Exactly. An hour, a meal. Jeez Louise. Right. Okay. Maybe not every day. But like, yeah, if I'm out with lunch at people with people, it's an hour there. Breakfast is like 20 minutes at home with the family. Right. Dinner, if I go out again or if I'm at home, another 20 minutes to an hour. Like <laughs> eating takes more time <laughs> than most people spiritualize. And like this, it's not obviously to like feel bad about eating or to like, right. or, uh, unless you eat too much like me, but um, just once and for all. And I want this to do this for me, and hopefully I want it to do it for other people. Once and for all, can we just get rid of the excuse that we don't have time to pray? Mm. (laughs) 2.38% of our week. Okay, I was convicted there. Okay. Uh, This is a sidebar. This is 1A. Sidebar. Sam, I work out for about two hours a week. That's 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 one percent of my week. (laughs) I don't have time to work out either. I just need to get rid of this, and I hope that I can. Sam, I need you to hold me accountable to to what (laughs) to uh, making working out more than one percent of my week. Okay, and and prayer more than two point three eight percent of my week. I actually would be interested for you to like go through your whole week and like give us what percentages you're doing what. (laughs) Like I actually, I actually think that would be really beneficial. <laughs> all right, so we all know how we're starting next week's show. <laughs> like, what? What are Write the percentages? You know, like, what are the percentages of Taylor's life? I think that could be, you know, really eye-opening. Oh my gosh, we're doing this for show. Okay, are you ready for the second realization that I had? Yes. This is a new game that I have thought of. New game. Before people get mad at me, they need <laughs> no. to hear me out because. Mm, you'll see. Okay. I thought of this new prank to pull okay. on churches. This definitely happened during a mass one time. Um, because our our priest, you know, like masses can be said for people, right? Right. Like, you know, we want to pray for those who might be still be in purgatory so that they can go to heaven. Mm. And um, these masses are offered for those people. And I was thinking, huh. I want to call random parishes throughout the United States of America and have uh, trick them is an interesting word. I want them to have masses said for famous dead people. Like, okay, so I call, uh, you know, St. John Vianney, 
in, uh, I don't know, Durango, Colorado, all right? Okay. I don't know. That place probably doesn't exist. Durango does. The Paris probably doesn't. But let's just, okay. We saw called St. John Vianney in Durango, Colorado. Um, I'm on the phone, like, hi, yes. Um, Someone I know has has passed away. I'd like to have a mass said for them. And then the receptionist says, okay, we we, we can do that. We usually take a donation of about $5 for that. Okay, absolutely. No big deal. I'll I'll mail my five dollars to Colorado for some reason. Okay. Um, they'll, then they'll say, "Well, what what was his name? Is Mister Washington?" Okay. Uh, what was his first name? Uh, most people called him Jorge, but his real name was George. Okay. So I'd like to have a mass said for George Washington. Okay. So uh, I call the next parish up in. Uh, where do you want to? What state do you want to go? Montana. I was thinking Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia. I call. What's the parish name in Savannah, Georgia? Our Lady of Lords. Our Lady of Lords in Savannah, Georgia. I call them and I'd say, okay, um, my uncle, Mr. Lincoln, passed away. I'd really like to uh, have a mass said for him. Mm. Okay, great. What's his name? Uh, Abe. His name is Abe. <laughs> so <laughs> can you imagine that? It's like we get to the prayers in the mass and people are like, you know, we say this mass today. <laughs> the priests is up there saying that. We say this mass today for Abe Lincoln. <laughs> people in the church just looking around at each other like, and like really? not realizing it until they say it out loud. Okay. So I have this list of famous people that I want to call. Okay. And here's the deal. Before I ask you whether or not I should actually do this or not, because I think it would be hilarious just to do the phone calls. Right. Um, one, I told one person this, and they they got mad at me. They said that like, how dare you? Like you're you're making fun of a part of the mass. You're you're like you're not being reverent or whatever. And I mm. said, ah, ah, what's wrong with a mass being said for George Washington? What's wrong with a mass <laughs> being said for Abraham Lincoln? What if they've been in purgatory for the last three hundred years? Oh gosh, I don't know if it has anything to do with uh, anything being wrong with that. I think it's more like genu genuosity. Is that a word? No, absolutely not. We started last week with me making up a word, and now you're doing it. Just, you know, intention of the heart. You're doing it for the joke. <laughs> My intention is definitely to break code fall, break phone call these parishes. I think, Sam, I think I'm going to do it. Don't do it. But I don't think I'm going to let him go through the mass. Like, I'll get through the entire conversation just to have a conversation. And then, like, say and April the, Fool's and, and or something? Like, How do you end like, that? Hey, I was just kidding. <laughs> Did you realize what I was doing? And they'll all be like, no, because most receptionists at parishes are older. Um, what if they're, like, mad at you? Then, then I hang up and I never talk to them again. What if somehow they know it's you and... They stuck you. <laughs> well, I'll be meeting the pastor of St. John Vianney in Durango, Colorado <laughs> pretty soon then in that case. <laughs> they put you on a list where they won't pray for you at a mass. That would be sad. Fine. I'll have someone else pray for me. <laughs> I'll need them. I don't know why I have so much anger towards this fake <laughs> parish in Durango, Colorado. I don't know. I, it's funny because I don't think it's St. John Vianney, but I've definitely been to a parish in Durango, Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> They liked me. I would bring wear my snow bo- snowboard boots in there. Okay. <laughs> Third thing I realized, Sam, uh-huh. is we needed the last 11 and a half minutes. It's been a rough few weeks. We talked about that on last week's show. Right. Um, people are, are still hurting. I've been talking to a bunch of people, some of my fellow radio show hosts, fellow podcasters, fellow missionaries, fellow Catholics. I mean, just had conversation and conversation like how do we 
how do we deal with all this stuff? You know, mm. like how are we going to get through this? And I think one of it is trying to tr- number one. I mean, the whole goal of the show is to make the thousand fun again. Try to find some joy in it. Um, if you missed last week's show, episode ninety-seven, we did address the the scandal for the entire episode. A bunch of great episodes uh, from my friends as well, referenced there. But uh, I don't know, man. We just got to keep leaning into Jesus. Um, I'm focused a lot this week on John 16, 33. I have told you all this, that you might have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Like Jesus is is going to be the victor in this. He understands our suffering. He'll be with us till the end. Hey, we're going to be right back with an interview with Sean McAfee. Welcome back to Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. I'm really excited for this interview. My buddy, Sean McAfee, came back on the show. And what you're about to hear is we recorded it a little bit earlier today because he lives in Italy. But this is our third attempt at actually getting on the air. If you want to hear the first or second, head on over to patreon.com slash Forte Catholic to hear all the behind the scenes and outtakes there. But for now, enjoy this interview with Sean McAfee. Sean McAfee, how are you doing today, sir? <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, his real name is Sean McAfee, but uh, as you heard, most likely, most of you heard it on episode 76 of Forte Catholic, Sean came on the show we had never met before. We became best friends immediately, and from that day, we have been playing Xbox with each other multiple times a week. And that is your gamer tag on the Xbox. So that is what my son calls you. So you're Sean McAfee, amazing author and blogger, and you run EpicPew.com, and you got books and all kind of stuff. You are Sean McAfee, but to my son, you're Sean McAfee, and you are a Rocket <laughs> League legend in his eyes. It's great to have you back, man. Here's a quick recap for both of us, M- primarily because I don't want you to make the same jokes that you did last time because I feel like okay. you have about seven and you used six of them last time. So I want you, I want to find that one gem that you still have left. Do you remember that I told you that my name was Taylor Schroll? Do you remember how you wanted to call the two of us? Oh, was that like Rock and Schroll or something? Rock and Schroll, that is correct. Uh, <sighs> you live in the great country of Italy and... Here's the deal. Last time, I didn't know who you were, and all you were to me was just this big shot author and Catholic media guy. So I like bent over backwards. I actually, because of the huge time differential between here and where you live in Italy, I was like, yeah, I'm going to completely change my recording time. I came during like the morning. I never record in the morning. I was like missing work to interview you. And now that we're best friends, I'm like, no, like we're not doing that. I'm going to come in right. the afternoon. He's not a big shot. He's <laughs> just the guy I play Rocket League with. And- exactly. So now you are, you're just uh, hanging out in a room trying to not wake your children up as we do the second interview. <laughs> So um, last time, also, we finished up talking about your last book called Reform Yourself. That's how we decided that it was uh, that it was pronounced. And we talked about what Epic Pew is. So for those people that uh, didn't listen and are heathens, that is the correlation there. Uh, need to go listen to episode 76. Otherwise, eternal hellfire might be in your future or or go to confession. That's just a lovely note from your friend Taylor here. So uh, for those that didn't listen... 
how does Sean McAfee introduce himself in a room of 12 Catholics? I say hi. I'm Sean McAfee. <laughs> I'm, I'm the uh, editor and founder of EpicPew.com, which is a nifty little Catholic website where we post quizzes and listicles, I think is what most people call them, lists. Uh, quizzes, videos, anything really that's going on popular on the internet, we'll uh, we'll talk about it from a Catholic angle. And we create our own content, like uh, 10 things you should never say to a priest. One of them would be what, Taylor? What's something you should never say to a priest? You weren't good girls with really girls. must not like you. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Girls exactly. really <laughs> must not like you or something like that. So you couldn't get married, huh? Or something like that. So we do things like that fun stuff at uh, Epic Pew, but we also approach it from a evangelistic uh, angle. I also blog at the National Catholic Register, which is a huge honor and privilege, and I'm the author of a few uh, different books, and I work tirelessly to hopefully uh, promote a few of those and evangelize Catholics. I'm trying to get level uh, legendary in Rocket League, but I got a couple uh, friends who aren't really helping me lately. Yeah, well, I've been very, very busy. I found other friends. I've been very, very busy. Here's the deal. You are actually amazing at that game, and it's been a lot of fun playing with you because you've actually made me a lot better. You also, on multiple, multiple occasions, have rage quit after we lose one game together. (laughs) So here's the deal. Sean, you're absolutely better than me at Rocket League, and we'll play like four games in a row. And we'll win those four games. Then all of a sudden we lose one game and you're like, the sky is falling. Taylor ruined everything. I quit. And you're literally like, good night. And you turn off your Xbox. Like you don't even, you don't even talk to us. Like you need to go to confession. That is a total lie. It is not a lie. You have done it multiple times. I hope you went to confession for your anger management. So how does somebody as holy and Catholic as you deal with your anger problems? Oh, there's a great book. Um, (laughs) It's called uh, get out of here. No, it, there's a, no, I don't have anger problems. Taylor, God, I'm quitting the show. <laughs> you just, are you going to rage quit the show? That would be the greatest thing ever. If this inter- interview was just cut short because you proved my point. Here's the deal though. I have never rage quit playing with you on Fortnite. You had never played Fortnite before we started playing and you used to be now, granted, you've gotten a little better. You used to be absolutely terrible at that game. And I, I was so patient and pastoral with you and teaching you how to play and protecting you. And uh, for those of you that don't play Fortnite, when a teammate dies, you can go and like, it looks like you're praying over them. You're healing them. It looks like you're praying over them. I prayed over you so many times in Fortnite. Laying on of hands, yes. And I prayed over you so many times and I brought you back to life and you still rage quit on Rocket League. I just feel like there's a disconnect in our friendship. Do you remember the time when you were in the storm and you were like 15 feet outside of it and I just kept running? <laughs> <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I, 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 all of this because our friend Carrie Beck over at Catholic Answers wanted to promote your book and we we, we became friends. Hi, Carrie. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> uh, Epic Pew, we talked about it a little bit. People need to go check it out. Um, but... I saw on your Facebook today, right before I came in, that one of your friends asked you how your second book is going. Why don't you explain to us uh, how, your, how writing your second book has been? 
Oh, yeah, that was an old workmate whenever I lived in Japan, which was really only a year ago. Um, and I actually have five books uh, that have <laughs> been published now. Um, he, I was just making a point about how blessed I am to have a, uh, a wonderful wife who allows me to be so productive and uh, in, in writing and doing the, doing the things that, I, that give me pleasure and, and uh, give me a sense of accomplishment in the kingdom. Yeah, it was just really funny. It's a just a picture of Amazon with your five books. How's your second book going? <laughs> I found it. Well, out. thanks for keeping up with me, friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I love like my life. Your life is is fairly fairly simple, right? I mean, it's like you're a Catholic author. You run the website. You work. Uh, in a very special secret job that nobody can know about, whatever. My life, people are like, oh, some people know me as a track coach. Some people know me as a singer. Some people know me as a speaker. Some people know me as a missionary. Some people know I have a radio show. So, like, I walk in and be like, oh, you're, you're, uh. Wait, uh, I thought you just played Fortnite all day. Oh, absolutely not. You just, you're flip flopping. Oh, you'd, be, you'd be better if you did. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely oh. better. You have never played around better than my worst round. So <laughs> my my ways are so above your ways, Sean McAfee. Oh, that is so mean. Come on, the first time I played with you and JJ was a win. Yeah, we carried you. That to That counts victory. as my round two. Weren't okay. you, you? I believe, if I remember correctly, you were dead at the time. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I have, I believe that I have photo evidence to prove that. <laughs> <laughs> all right so you do have your new book what is your new book all about i know i'm excited about it tell the people so it's called social media magisterium i've been working on it since 2015 i got this idea whenever i graduated from holy apostles college and seminary whoop whoop shout out i graduated from there i got my master's degree in dogmatic theology but i wanted to study ecumenism and exactly what the church teaches on ecumenism and i had to write a thesis and i needed to connect that to something kind of modern and do something different and i figured my social media presence is growing it might be fun to study the connection between uh, ecumenism and social media and so i did that and that was a lot of work that was like 85 pages or so uh for that and i was like i kind of don't want this to go to waste and i enjoy what i'm studying so I kept writing on that and hoped that it would become a book. Some publishers weren't interested in it, and I took that maybe as God's direction of you. Maybe maybe this isn't ready to be published yet. And so I took the, took the next three years and kind of just chipped away at it as other books were being published, and I was trying to do other projects. What it turned into was really kind of a love letter uh, to the world of Catholic blogging and and also to Catholic parenting. So in the book, uh, I think it's like two hundred pages or so. There's really only six chapters in it. There's so seven, Sean. You have seven chapters. Six? Hey, it shows how much I know. <laughs> and that, that means somebody read it. Thank you, Taylor. You're so, so besides me and my editor. So in the book, we go over the social uh, doctrine, the social media doctrine of the church and what the church says about everything from movies to Facebook and Twitter and what the popes are doing and what the popes are saying about what we should be doing with the media. And so I relate that to the family, to people who are trying to become apologists, to people who are trying to get into blogging or people who have been doing podcasting like you for years and, and maybe aren't sure that it's for them or maybe aren't just getting past that hump of trying to get to the next level and, and or, or maybe just don't feel like they're being successful with it. Um, I offer a lot of different points of advice because in my world, 
in my experience in social media and blogging, there's been a lot of failure and a lot of trial and error and a lot of successes. And so I wanted to share that with readers. So this book, like I said, is kind of a letter to anybody out there who wants to know more about what the church says to do with the media, how to consume it, how to create it, and how to be successful with it for the kingdom as a parent, as a teacher, as a scholar, or just as a consumer. So here's all I really want. And I have so many follow-up questions to what you just said. All I want is more followers on social media. Will reading this book gain me that? Will I be no. equipped for No? <laughs> it might gain you one. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. Do you, well, I already did, wait, so. do you not follow me? I was about to say, we're going to fight again. I, well, I still haven't made you a favorite on Xbox. <laughs> I know. This is Here's the deal, though. You haven't made either of your brother's favorites either, so I feel like I'm okay. I was I was really offended by that, and then you're, me and your brother. Uh, essentially, I've met all these people through you, and now I don't even play with you anymore. I just play with your brothers. <laughs> uh, your brother's one of my favorites. We're best friends now. He really is. He's truly one of mine, too. <laughs> okay, so uh, here's one thing that I think is interesting, and I have read one document on what the bishops and popes say on social media, the one from Vatican II. And like, I love the guidance of the bishops and popes, but I know like, for myself, and I know a, an objection that I've heard from other people is what do these 75-year-old men know about social media? Like, How do we take the things and the guidelines that they say and uh, maybe a little bit younger and more understanding of social media. Are you able to bridge those two things at all? Yeah. So the good thing is, is that the Pope you know, usually doesn't construct his own documents. He has a lot of councils and synods, and he has a lot of advisors, and he invites people to talk with him about things. We wonder why, you know, maybe somebody like Brendan Vaught or, uh, you know, Steve Ray or anybody else might be invited to the Vatican to, to talk, you know, about something, either to one of his advisors or somebody in the Curie or one of the cardinals or meet a bishop. He has a lot of people telling him, you know, what's going on. And good thing is, is, is like any smart leader, he's not the only one kind of shepherding the church. It takes a team. So whenever we say these 80-year-old men, or I think, how old is Pope Francis? He's got to be like 72 now. I don't even think he's in his I, 80s, so no, shame, shame I, on you. I think he's very, very <clears throat> close to 80. I was actually surprised by that. Well, what was he? He was elected at like 68, and he's been doing it for five years. I don't remember. Maybe you're right. If so, only I had a is, computer in front of me where I could tell you that he's 81 years old. Birthday, December 17th, 1936. Do the math. I can't do math. So the good thing is, is that the church uses its collective church teaching, its its body of teaching, the magisterium, in order to develop its the rest of the magisterium. It's a cyclical uh, way of developing the teaching of the church and the doctrine that it holds on everything from social ethics to morality and, and social media. The church is always at the forefront of, first of all, technology. You know, the Catholic Gutenberg, you know, he was the promoter of the, the first Bibles in print. The creator of the Braille language, you know, was, was a Catholic. And all the way, you know, from Marshall McLuhan to Mother Angelica, you know, we've had Catholics at the forefront of technology. Now EWTN is, you know, the largest radio and television network in the world. You know, the church does understand the use of media. Back in 1936, it published a document, and this is the first one I discussed in the book. It's Vigilante Cura. And this document was talking about the current movies of the day. It was mentioning 
what's in these movies. This is the day when Gone with the Wind and King Kong were dominating, you know, silver screen. And the church was talking about it at that time, you know, when Charlie Chaplin and um, people, you know, way before our time, you know, were making movies and being movie stars. So the church was talking about the proper use of media all the way back then. And so it had at least, you know, a few decades before Vatican II was able to publish Intermorifica, like you said. And uh, since then, they've had a yearly World Communications Day where it's not just them talking about the use of media. It's all the bishops as well and the cardinals. So as those bishops have graduated with the use of their media, they are also adopting our media. Now we have Pope Benedict and Pope Francis with Twitter accounts, you know, evangelizing and showing us how it's done. Yeah, absolutely. I and I love I know of, of a couple of bishops that have a younger person that is helping them. Like the the bishop will create the content and then the younger person will dish it out and make sure that it's all uh that it's all going well. So one of the other things we talked about me wanting more followers and me wanting to, you know, grow the show and me wanting to have a bigger impact in this new evangelization in social media. And you, my friend are definitely winning at that. <laughs> You're beating me for sure with your blogs at National Catholic Register and your website that you that you founded. I don't know where you found it, but that's a whole other discussion. Epic Pew, over 500,000 views a month. Like that is absolutely insane. So you've always been this successful, right? No, absolutely not. You know, whenever I first got started, I tell everybody this, and I say it in the book too, is that, you know, I started this uh, this blog even before I was Catholic. I think it was called Up With Your Cross. Maybe you can even Google that. You can embarrass me and go out that. I've, I've never really told anybody the name of it until now. But, yeah, I did not know this <laughs> at all. Yeah, so it was called Up With Your Cross, and my what happened was my wife bought me this apologetics Bible, and I kind of wanted to talk about what I was learning and talk about how people needed to defend their faith and carry their cross. And really, I was just kind of regurgitating what I was reading. I wasn't really saying anything novel or you know being a big thinker or anything. I'm, I'm really still not. But that was the way that I was trying to kind of get involved and you know do my part in, in evangelization as a Protestant, no no less. And then I always tell people, you know, even after I became Catholic, I changed it to um, gosh. What did I change it to? I think it was called like Catholics Anonymous or something like that. I wanted to create something funny. I'm very goofy. And I didn't really know how to promote it. I didn't really, I wasn't really probably the most gifted writer. And I really didn't have an audience. And I always tell people that I had like five views a week or five views a month. And that's true. And I and I always say that that was probably just me refreshing the page after my edits. You know, I didn't I didn't really have an audience. I didn't know how to push it. And I was kind of maybe afraid too. I, you know, I didn't really, you know, understand my self-value and and uh, and I was a bit timid to share what I had to say. Where did that all change? I don't know. I was I started uh, I enrolled after I became a Catholic at Holy Apostles and I pretty much wrote the the director, the president, Dr. Mafood, and I said who this act book is actually dedicated to. And I said, "Where's you guys the social media presence? You know, I don't see a Facebook page, you know, how how are you guys uh getting new students if if you're not talking and how are you guys, you know, engaging your student body, your your younger student body, people like me if you're not, you know, on Twitter or Facebook or or Instagram or something, you know, promoting the program and keeping track of people and uh, and he he responded perfectly he said well why don't you take care of that for us and i was like okay challenge accepted and 
I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. I had kind of a good framework and, and he was really able to kind of help mold, uh, you know, from an academic standpoint, you know, cause he would point these documents out to me. Hey, Sean, here's another thing you should read. He would, he would kind of develop me academically as I would do my best to take this school, you know, into the world of social media and, and use that to engage its younger student body. Um, so I was responsible to create a blog. I was responsible to create all these new web pages and uh, improve the website and improve tra- trafficking and and, uh, and getting mail lists and followers on Facebook. And it was a lot of work, but this was over the course of two years. And I, and I became, I don't know, a little bit successful with it, enough to, to go out and launch my own website. That became Epic View. So I, I built this network kind of around me because I needed to popularize the school. And my name grew a little bit with that. So most of my closest friends are actually also graduates of Holy Apostles because we all kind of did this together. Um, so a lot of the first writers at Epic Pew are also people that were writing with me at, at uh, Holy Apostles at the Dead Philosopher Society. So we all kind of did it together. It was kind of like a uh, like a progressive rock band. Like we don't really know where this is going, but we're going to try it anyway. So we came up with Epic Pew. We wanted something to kind of be like BuzzFeed for Catholics. There was, oh my gosh, it was so hard, Taylor, to get it off the ground. I, I remember the first day we had the site launched. We, uh, we had like 10 posts up, you know, so the site wasn't empty you know it wasn't like hey we have one post everybody come come look at our site we we kind of approached it with a plan but it got so many views, I, I'm happy to say. It got 33,000 views its first day, which we were like, whoa, wow. this, is stun- this is stunning. <laughs> you know, I mean, we had big names like Abby Johnson on our side, you know, and we had we had a plan of how to roll it out. But guess what? We crashed the site, you know, three days in. Uh, our, I don't remember what our, what our engine was back then, but our, we, we crashed the site or the server couldn't hold the view count and that didn't get fixed for like a week. Like this was like triage and we, uh, we, we, we ran into a big hurdle there. We didn't get off with the momentum that we wanted. It was like, you know, the, the race car that, you know, is the one that beats the first turn and then, you know, blows its engine because the driver didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. That's the, uh, so, that's the, uh, the plot of cars three. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's where it comes from. My kids are huge fans. <laughs> no, look, so so anyways, in a nutshell, no, I didn't I didn't have all the success. I, I've had a lot, a lot of failures. I've learned a lot of lessons and I wanted to share all that in this new book with uh with readers. Yeah, people can go check it out. Where do they find the book, brother? Amazon.com. It actually it's actually I, I don't know if this is a good thing, but it's temporarily out of stock. The publisher needs to uh, go ahead and upload a few more uh, registered copies on Amazon. But you can find it on Amazon. Um, it's from En Route Books and Media. But if you just Google my name or if you just search my name on Amazon, you'll find all my books. And yeah, this one is called Social Media Magisterium. And you all, can get it in Kindle. All two of your books. At time. Yep, all two. <laughs> How's that second book coming? <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, you know, it's true. Going back to Fortnite, how's that second win coming? I don't think I've had another win since I did it with you and JJ. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't win much at Rocket League when I'm not playing with you. So we're, we're, it's good It's good that we're friends. Uh, my last question for you before we leave. I've actually been having a couple of uh, conversations about the use of social media, the use of cell phones with young people. There's, I'm in a, a Bible study with this group of men that a lot of them have kids in junior high. And they're asking these questions, okay, like how 
how do we do this? Is essentially like our kids are going to use their phones or they're going to find a way to use social media anyway. So how do we help them through this? So what advice do you have for young parents who uh, maybe don't really understand all that their kids do about social media, about how to be smart Catholic consumers of media? I compare it to food, you know, I mean, we say you need to eat in moderation and consume maybe alcohol or fats and, and, you know, fried food in moderation. You know, it can't be that bad if you do it every now and then. So I compare it to, to food, but less than moderation, I compare it to, you know, I, I, I guess for lack of better sense, you know, censorship, like some parents just won't let their kids, you know, stay up past 10 o'clock and eat ice cream all night. Well, you probably shouldn't let your, your kid stay up past 10 and play Fortnite all night. You know, it, it depends on the age, but it's got to be about moderation. It's got to be about being actively interested and involved in what your kids are doing. My my oldest kid is almost seven years old. You know, I'm not sure what it's like to raise a teen, but I think that this this philosophy would be accepted by any smart parent out there of a teen, that you really have to take an active approach to learning what your kids are interested in and then helping them make good decisions with their media. And then, you know, it doesn't hurt hurt it all too to help make sure you're you're monitoring what they're doing. I mean, kids need help. It's like looking over their homework. Well, you're going to be looking over their personal homework. You know, you need to you need to make sure that your kid doesn't have any, you know, uh bad, I guess, search history, you know, that they're, they're not engaged in bad online content or they're not, you know, helping bully people on Facebook. Maybe, you know, rather than tell them you're going to look over their shoulder every few minutes, you know, just engage them early and let them know that, you know, you want to help them be successful and, you know, you don't want them to be adding to the problem of the culture. Um, so I think if parents, you know, of young children all the way up, up to teens, you know, I think it really starts with parents taking an active and interest in their how their kids are uh, consuming and understanding media. Dude, you're the man. I can't wait to uh, for my life to slow down a little bit so we can play a little bit more Rocket League. You can rage quit, and then the next day we can play some Fortnite because you'll still be angry. Hey, it was great <laughs> having you on, man. Thanks so much. People, go, go find him, Sean McAfee, on all the social media stuff. Go check out his book. And oh wait 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 before we leave, Sean. The oh, I already hung up. The you are, you already hung up. <laughs> the best part about your book, I'll explain the front cover, okay, and then you explain the back cover. So the oh. front cover of this book, it's that famous picture of of Adam and God, the famous painting, and all you see on the front cover are their two hands reaching out for each other. But Adam, in this on on your cover, is holding an iPhone. So why don't you explain the back cover? Because I think it might be one of the most creative things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, this is from the Sistine Chapel. It's the creation scene where Adam is reaching out, almost touching the finger of God. He's kind of lazily doing it. So we put a little iPad in his hand, you know, and it makes it look like God is handing him the media, which he has. You know, the, the church says that the media is a gift from God. Um so on the back, though, we, we thought it'd be really funny if kind of like, you know, with with old uh, music albums you used to be able to like with the Eagles or something you used to be able to flip out their album, unfold it and it'd be like a big poster. People stopped doing that because it ruined the value of the album. Um, but so we wanted to do something funny like that. And uh, and it, it worked out perfectly because where Adams, can I say can I say the G word? Uh, where his, where, where uh, the, his below his waist. 
Yes, below his waist, where where that area is in the Sistine Chapel, that that it's totally nude. Um, so we thought it'd be funny. We have the barcode uh, right there. It was perfectly placed. We kind of almost didn't plan it, um, but it always goes, you know, to the bottom and to the right. It's not centered. It's not to the left. It's to the right. And so it's sitting there, kind of like censoring uh, what shouldn't uh, maybe be for some eyes. Exactly, which is exactly what you just talked about the book talking about. So it's a it's a perfect way to close the interview. Thank you so much for coming on again. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks. Yo, I hope you are enjoying today's show. We're having so much fun making it. If you are enjoying the show, you can do something super easy. Take you 30 seconds to help me out uh, and help other people hear about the show. Uh, head on over to iTunes, wherever you are listening to the podcast. Go give it a rating and uh, leave your review. It would be fantastic. Help more people to find the show. I would really, really appreciate it. Help me help you help someone else. Make Catholicism fun again in their life. Welcome, welcome back to Vortec Catholic. We're in this thing, man. We're back just to have a fantastic interview with Sean McAfee, as he is known on the Xbox, or Sean McAfee, as he's known as Catholic author and the founder of Epic Pew. All right, Sam, we got to pick up where we left off in the first segment. If people didn't hear it, they can always go back and find all of the show on podcast, fortecatholic.com slash radio. Sam, we left people off with essentially a lie. I told people at the beginning of the show that I had four realizations to share, and I shared how many? Three. Correct. You sh- I did share three. You shared none. I shared none. You shared none. I had no realizations. Okay. The final realization I had had to do with the third. The third one we were talking about, uh, I mean, we're just getting hit over and over and over again with these scandals and allegations and people feeling lost and not knowing what to do we covered a lot of that in our last episode episode 97 so people can go check that out a bunch of great resources linked there as well so i wanted to take a little bit of a different angle with it here today sam and Mm -hmm. uh you don't even really know what i'm about to do i don't you're just going to push a button and listen because uh i found a song on Spotify that I haven't listened to in absolutely forever. I was listening to like just like the random shuffle, like Spotify is super smart, and they just l- know the songs that I listen to, the songs that I like, so they suggest other songs. And this song that I'm about to play for you people, I don't know why I said that sounded so angry. Sam's <laughs> um, <laughs> just laughing at me for no reason. <laughs> Uh, the song I'm about to play for the people that are listening, is that any better? Uh, it's called Lord Give Me a Sign. This is by DMX. I want to warn people, this is a secular rapper. Don't worry. He doesn't cuss or anything. He, he actually grew up a Christian man. He did this song that was kind of like a Christian rap song in 2006. So even if you know DMX through other stuff, this song 
is absolutely phenomenal. And I list, it just came on my random on Spotify. I listened to it then. It was just a few weeks ago in the midst of all these scandals. You know, we've all been trying to pray through it and talk through it and work through it. And this song, it just brought finally a smile to my face and then also some encouragement in the midst of all this trials because like God just knows how to speak to me. This song, ironically enough, a secular rap song from when I was like a sophomore in high school spoke to me in the midst of, of these like just rough, rough, rough times. And I'm going to let you listen to it right now. Be thinking about how does this connect with what's going on today? Yeah. Uh, in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me judgment, thou shalt condemn. Lord, give me a sign. For this is the heritage of the service of the Lord. And that righteousness is of me, said the Lord. Amen. Uh. Lord, give me a sign. I really need to talk to you, Lord. Since the last time we talked, the walk has been hard. Now I know you haven't left me, but I feel like I'm alone. I'm a big boy now, but I'm still not grown. And I'm still going through it. Pain and a hurt. Soaking up trouble like rain in the dirt. And I know only I can stop the rain with just a mention of my Savior's name. In the name of Jesus. Devil, I rebuke you for what I go through. And trying to make me do what I used to. But all that stops right here. As long as the Lord's in my life, I will have no fear. I will know no pain. From the light to the dark I will show no shame Spit it right from the heart Cause it's right from the start You held me down And ain't nothing they can tell me now Lord, give me a sign Let me know what's on your mind Let me know what I'm gonna find It's all in time Show me how to teach the mind Show me how to reach the blind Lord, give me a sign Show me what I got to do To bring me closer to you Cause I'ma go through Whatever you want me to Just let me know what to do Lord, give me a sign Show me something. I'm tired of talking to him, knowing he frightened. Crying about life ain't nothing. But you either be the one mad cause you trapped or the one hunting. Trapped in your own mind, waiting on the Lord. Or hunting with the word that cuts like a sword. The spoken word is stronger than the strongest man. Carries the whole world like the strongest hand. Through the trials and tribulations, you never let us down, Jesus. I know you're here with us now, Jesus. I know you're still with us now. Keep it real with us now. I wanna feel, show me how, please. Let me take your hand. I walk slow, but stay right beside me. Please. Devil's trying to find me. Please. Hide me. Hold up. I take that back. Protect me and give me the strength to fight. Give me a sign. Let me know what's on your mind. Let me know what I'm gonna find. It's all in time. Show me how to teach the mind. Show me how to reach the blind. Lord, give me a sign. Show me what I got to do to bring me closer to you. Cause I'ma go through whatever you want me to. Just let me know what to do. Lord, give me a sign. I That is Lord Give Me a Sign by DMX, one of my favorite songs from high school. Sam, this was your first time ever hearing this song. I was surprised by that. But how old were you in the good old year of our Lord, 2006? (laughs) I think I was in middle school. Okay, so I was in high school at the time. Uh, What is your first impression of hearing the song? Uh, it's funny watching you uh, mouth and dance to the song. <laughs> that is one thing that audience members don't get to see, but I do. So uh, all of you need to become my producer. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just switch off. It'll be great. Tag team. No, I. we already talked about I can't live without you. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but for real, my thoughts on the song. That's what you asked me, right? That is what I asked you. That's yes. Correct. No, I actually felt like it was really good. I was. I would like to hear it a couple more times to catch some parts that I know I. All didn't. right, here we go. Let's listen. To, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna listen again. <laughs> Roll it back around. Well, good. Good news for you is we're actually gonna walk through this. A little oh, bit. good. Uh, we're gonna walk through some of these lyrics. Uh, the first one, uh, the quote at the beginning before he even really starts rapping, he's literally just reading from scriptures, and it's Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. I know this verse fairly well. Because, Sam, at one point in my life, I know this is hard to believe, at one point in my life, Mm -hmm. I was cool enough to receive a letter jacket. Whoa. I was a letterman my sophomore year. That's pretty cool. I I used to just be so awesome. I had hair back then. I mean, everything (laughs) was just going well for me. And then, (laughs) pew! Okay. So... You know, on letter jackets, a lot of times people will like put their nickname or something under their last name on the back. I and saw a lot of people put Bible verses. I put this one. Isaiah fifty four seventeen, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that speaks against me thou shalt condemn. Because it's awesome. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I was always even at that point, like fighting through spiritual warfare stuff, uh, trying to get through sports, like whatever it was for me, going through hard times, whatever it was, like no weapon formed against me is gonna prosper. Like anything that Satan can throw at me, as long as I'm staying with God. It's not gonna. It's not gonna come to fruition, right? Um, and I like the part every time that speaks against me, thou shalt condemn. It's like, okay, I get angry when people say things against me that aren't true or that are angry. But uh, one of my other favorite verses is that uh, the Lord will avenge. God <laughs> is the first avenger. Let Him take care of that. Okay, so that's how the song starts. By the way, I think this is exciting because not only is this the first time that you have heard this amazing song, right? I think it's probably the first time in history it's ever been played on Catholic radio. <laughs> I don't know. I would be willing to bet. If anybody can prove me wrong, let me know. <laughs> but I seriously doubt that a rap song from 2006 has ever been played on Catholic airwaves. All right. That's valid. Okay. Let's go through some of these lyrics here. How it starts with the first verse. Uh, I cannot tell you a lyric in any song that I have uh, connected with more at more times in my life. Mm. That includes all the songs in church and the songs on Christian radio. It's this song, or this lyric. I really need to talk to you, Lord, since the last time that we talked, the walk has been hard. <laughs> mm. I mean, if that's not been the most popular prayer in my life, <laughs> or maybe not most popular, because not every day. It's like, since the last time we talked four minutes ago, things have been hard. But it's one of the most, in the most influential times, right? Because as most people, I mean, throughout my life, things get hard. We walk away for a bit. We come back, right? Uh, now, I know you haven't left me. He's saying this to God. I know you haven't left me, but I feel like I'm alone. And I think a lot of people right now, yeah, we're hurting as a church, but I think a lot of people are just lost. Like, we don't know where we're going to go. He continues, I'm still going through it, the pain and the hurt. Like, we are still going through this, and we are going to continue be going, continually be going through this for a very long time. We're not done. The things being revealed is not done. Uh, it, it's going to continue to be hurtful. 
he continues, soaking up trouble like rain in the dirt. Uh, and I know only I can stop the rain with the mention of my Savior's name. So, th- I mean, this guy is like legitimately prophesying right now, right? Using scripture, the next line, in the name of Jesus, devil, I rebuke you for what I'm going through. Turning to prayer, like we can't handle this. I can't handle this. We're all lost right now. Can't handle it. But at the mention of our Savior's name, in the name of Jesus, devil, I rebuke you for all this stuff going on. Finding some peace in the midst of this darkness. Um, he continued, as, as long as the Lord's in my life, I won't have fear. And I think that's a big thing. A lot of people are just despairing, losing hope. Like, how is this going to play out? And it's like, the Holy Spirit has done amazing things in times of the church. I mean, look at the Old Testament, how much they struggled. They longed for Christ. Eventually got him after 2,000 years of waiting and waiting and waiting. All throughout the entire time of the church, I mean, w- there's been scandals going on for the entire church. And like, this one is bad. <laughs> it's really big. It's really bad. Like, the only thing that's going to get us through it is Christ. And keeping our eyes on him is going to continue to have us not have fear and to have some hope in the midst of the light. Or in the midst of the darkness, we'll find the light. Um, the chorus, Lord, give me sign. Let me know what's on your mind. Let me know what I'm going to find. The only way that we're going to know where God is in all this is by seeking him out and trying to find him. Uh, show me what I have to do to bring me closer to you. Cause I'm going to go through it, whatever you want me to just give me a sign. Like, show me that you're still there. Show me that you've got this. It's a prayer we should all be saying, uh, in the next days, weeks, months, years. I mean, who, who knows? Right. Um, I love the the pleading at the beginning of the second uh, verse, please show me something. He stops after the word, please, please. Like I need something. We all need something like show us some hope, some light. And I've been, I've been beginning to start getting that. I had a meeting with an amazing young priest today. Who's just phenomenal. And he's one of the lights in the darkness that I've been, that he's been one of my lights in the darkness throughout this, all this troubling time. Um, through all the trials and tribulations, you never let us down, Jesus. I know you're here with us now. I know you're, I know you're still with us now. Um, Lord, take my hand, guide me. I want to walk slow, but stay right beside me. And here's the deal. This, this is one of the ones, Sam, that I was dancing during. Hide me, hold me, hold me up. And then he says like, you know, cause we want to be protected, right? Hold me up. Never mind. I take that back. Protect me and give me the strength to fight back. Right? It's like, yes, we need these times with God to be strengthened through these tough times. But a man, give me the strength to fight back, to be, once I find the light in him, in the midst of this darkness, to be the light for somebody else, right? Because that's the only way we're going to get through this is as a community, especially amongst the laity. I love this song so much. This song is so good. Uh, when the when the morning comes, we'll see in the darkest night, he's going to be there. I'm not going to quit till I die. I mean, that's how he finishes the song. Absolutely phenomenal. So, Sam, we did it. You did it. You showed up. I did. You are absolutely the best, and you are my friend. We will be back <laughs> next week for our crossover episode with the Roman Circus Podcast. Say it! Hey, I just wanted to stop and take a moment to tell you to go visit the website for all your Forte Catholic needs, F-O-R-T-E Catholic.com. You can find old podcast 
episodes. You can find info on my music, on my speaking. You can find booking information. I'm getting a lot of exciting new events lined up here in 2018 and, and even in 2019. If you want me to come out to your parish or diocesan event or school, I would love to go check it out. F-O-R-T-E Catholic. Dot com.